This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! It is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Jack, you might not know this. It is sad news for the High Hopes community. Uh, the High Hopes podcast is struggling, Jack. We actually lost $2 billion this year, it turns out. Uh, $2 billion. You might ask, how could a podcast lose that much money? Well, somehow it happened, Jack. We lost $2 billion this year. James, I would trade you for Babe Ruth. Um, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about Zach Wheeler. But I would uh, I would trade you for Babe Ruth. Oh man, <laughs> what what, um, what happened to our franchise, Jack? Dude, where where did we go from from starting a podcast called High Hopes? Because right. legitimately, we had real high hopes about this franchise and the chances and the potential for the future and where it was headed. And it's like, man, yeah, like. I, John Middleton is has broken my soul, Jack. Yeah, he's he's broken mine too, and it's just like we talk about this a good amount. But like when we started this podcast, it was like, hey, the the Phillies are a sleeping giant. Like finally, the team that we love is starting to uh, turn the corner a little bit. Uh, you know, it feels like this team's kind of starting to to round a form a little bit. They have a lot of money. Um, they, they 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 weren't drafting that well. It didn't look like. Um, but you know, turns out they had no idea what they were doing. Um, <laughs> turns out, and I guess, still- and I guess, not much money apparently. Yeah, apparently. I mean, who like, knew? I, so, you know, I want to give them the, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, like that the two billion thing was taken out of context, right? I mean, it I mean, would be insane. Well, I mean, it would be insane to say. Yeah. That. Well, considering the franchise is worth two billion, yeah, that would be really insane to say that you lost the value of your franchise. I mean, it, it's. It's beyond insane. It's 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 just it's it's ridiculous on every level. Yeah, I mean it is ridiculous on every level, and like I just, I I can't believe we're at this point with with this baseball team. But like, I can't even get excited about any free agent that becomes available like ever, you know. And it's I see the I see the the the, the non tender deadline passes and. Vinny Velo's back, baby. One more year. Yeah. One more year. Is well, like they ser- they really have sucked. You're right. They've sucked all the excitement out of the oh, offseason. I mean, you watch like Charlie Morton sign with the Braves. You watch the Angels trade less for Rysel Iglesias than Matt Klentak traded for Brandon Workman and Heath Embry. I mean, it's just it's super depressing. It is. It, they've really sucked the joy out of this team. And and look, let, why don't you know? There's so much to get into with this team and all the ridiculous stuff. But why don't we start with the Wheeler thing? Cause you brought it up. Cause I do think it's symptomatic of everything that, you know, the, the bus Rolney puts out the report that the Phillies are open to trading Zach Wheeler, of course, just signed him last off season. And, and then John Middleton comes out and, and not only denies it, but says, as Jack alluded to says, I wouldn't trade Zach Wheeler for Babe Ruth, which is, I mean, just like, dude, everything this guy says is so ridiculous. It's so over the top and stupid. Like, 
first and foremost, I'm sure that your team was listening to offers for Zach Wheeler. Guess what? Every GM on every team listens to offers for anybody. And you're the guy who set up this situation where you're telling people around the league that you're financially insolvent and this team is in such trouble. Like, what do you expect people to do? If you're sending signals around the league, which has been reported by Rosenthal, only everybody, that, that you're sending signals around the league that that you can't afford this team and got to be cost-cutting and, and you actually did lay off a bunch of people, so that is a, a concrete thing that people can look at, of course they're going to call about Zach Wheeler. Of course they're going to say, hey, if you don't want to pay him, we'll take him off your hands. Like, what? I... I'm just so frustrated by this, Jack. My only hope, honestly, is that we can bully him into into spending money. That's that that feels like what happened here. You know, it, it gets out there about the Wheeler thing, and and also it's a freaking. I mean, talk about a meltdown! Like an absolute, like for a Saturday morning to get or Sunday morning to get as meltdowny as that was, and the Eagles hadn't even played yet, was unbelievable. Um, and and then like it, it, on one hand, it still gives me hope because like. It's such a shame because I, I genuinely believe that, that that Phillies fans are great and they, they care about this team and it, they, they, they just feel like they're being they just feel like they're being lied to. At least that's what I feel like. Like I, I just feel like I'm I'm being lied to and I feel like I've been lied to and I, I feel like um you know, my baseball team who we invest a lot of time in, uh, think about a lot all this stuff. They finally sign a guy like Bryce Harper and it, it puts the, the first jolt of energy into a franchise since, since 2011, since the, since the great years, they, they actually do well in, in signing Zach Wheeler. They have a pretty good one, two punch in, in Nola and Wheeler, like to just kind of throw in the towel. It's just, it's just, it's just so annoying. It's and so annoying. It's embarrassing. Right, too. right. Let, let's call like, it what it is. It's an embarrassment. They spent five years building up to this, and this guy comes out and says, you know, bring the bleeping trophy back or die trying and stupid money, and there's all this stuff. Like, it's an embarrassment. Like, you're right. It's a lie. They flat out lied to us, but on top of that, it's an embarrassment. You spent five years wasted wasted and now we're in the exact same position we were in before except we got a couple players on the team who were better like it, it's it's a, a, an absolute disaster from an organizational management perspective it's an embarrassment well and they clearly only care about saving money and they only they only care about the bottom line they don't really care about winning um and and or ultimately, fans or fans ultimately, right or fans on a basic and ultimately level. Ultimately, they're choosing they're choosing to cut payroll because of the failures of their own organization, and ultimately, that's just going to hurt the fans in the end because the fans are going to be the ones that are going to just be left kind of feeling awful about where their baseball team is. I mean, think about it. Like, since they can't draft and develop, and since they're not close to being a World Series contender, the punishment is that they have to trade Zach Wheeler. You know that they're thinking about trading Zach Wheeler. He's on the table and in in moves because he's their second highest paid player. Um, it's just it's just it's just insane. It's just insane. And I thought we were past the the days of oh we're a small market team and we got to think like a small market team like Bill Giles said back in the day. I, I thought we were past that and and I thought. I just had such a such a hope that that John Middleton was going to be different, and that 
you know, honestly, like the, the feeling that Mets fans feel right now with Steve Cohen is how we used to be with John Middleton. And it just all feels like one big, one big lie. It, the whole, the whole, the last four years just feel like a, a total lie. And it kind of all culminated with the, with the, just the Wheeler idea of trading him. Like, you're you're gonna you're gonna tear down a year after signing Zach Wheeler and two years after signing Bryce Harper. That's your that's your grand plan because you want to save some money and you, like like again, again like if you're that again if you're that freaking worried about money, then sell the team. Sell the team. Like just just seriously, just sell the team if you're that worried about money. One hundred percent. You have no business owning a baseball team if you're if you're if you're trading away a guy that you just paid a hundred million dollars to a year before and you're trying to win and you're going to sell him a year later because you can't afford to pay him quote unquote which you obviously can't afford to pay him then just sell the team you have no business owning a baseball team you have no business owning a baseball team if you're not going to keep a guy like Zach Wheeler around to to help make your team semi-competitive in the next couple of years. They might not be great. They might not get there. I mean, they're, they're probably not a World Series contender. But, like, he was a guy you got right. He was a guy that your your moronic front office finally got right. <laughs> like, seriously, like, wh- what is the point of you owning this baseball team? Listen, there will be people lining up to buy the Phillies. There will be people lining up out the wazoo to buy the Phillies. And if you can't afford to keep a guy like Zach Wheeler around, then just sell the team. And if you're not gonna if, if you're not gonna pay on JT Realmuto, you're not gonna do all this stuff. You're not gonna you're not gonna pay for your player development staff. Like if you're not gonna if you're not gonna do the things it takes to win because of a pandemic, then just sell the team. Like just sell the team. There is a lot of teams like the Phillies are acting like they are the only team that has been affected by the pandemic, and it is disgusting. It really is. It is It is totally and utterly embarrassing for a top-five market to be treated like this. And, I, like, I can't just sit by and be like, oh, this is fine, like, whatever. Like, I understand it's a business. Dude, baseball – I understand that sports are our business, but at the same time, like it is entertainment and you got into this to, to, to win and, and bring championships here and fill the stadium and all this stuff. And for you to sit there and be like, Oh, well, you know, I told my front office that we need to start shedding some salary because we had one down year in which again, they didn't lose any money. They just didn't get the money that they thought they were going to get. Like that's, that's the, the freaking stupid they've lost 145 million is just total crap. It is total crap. It's not real. Again, it's not real. Like none of this is real, man. Like <laughs> whatever. Well, well, no, 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 cuz I I think you hit on something super important there. The idea that you're exactly right. Like he's talking about like, "Oh, we're losing all this money." It's like, "No, you're just not making the hundreds of millions of dollars you make." Every single year, and you want to talk about real, talk about your fans who are going through a pandemic, who many have lost their jobs, who many have are actually in financial destitution or in, in financial trouble and all that. And you're crying about this? You're crying about hundreds of millions of, and billions of dollars and unable to, again, to your point, Jag, and this is something that I've I've said hundreds of times on this pod and other pods over the years, but, I, but it's... One of my core tenets as a sportsman, one of my core beliefs is that an owner of a franchise has a responsibility to his fan base, a responsibility to do everything within his power to try and win, to try and put an entertaining product out, to try and do what is right for the fans and for the team. Again, like owners come and go. Fan bases are forever. Like, 
My father was a, a Philadelphia sports fan. His father was. My daughter will be. Her kids will be. Like, it is generational. It is for life. It is It is what we who go to work every day and, and, and slog through life and all that spend our, choose to spend our money and our time on, Jack. Like, that is a, a, a powerful thing. And for this guy to sit there and act like it's his, it's his, like, uh, a business thing that like, you know, it's all about the bottom line and it's about making money. And, and can you tell me how many fans we're going to have in the stadium when, when there are legions and generations of fans who haven't seen a playoff team in a decade, what's about to be a decade, Jack, without a playoff team, a decade in Philadelphia. And you're one of the five top markets in the sport and you're going to cry poor. When every single one of your fans is struggling so much more than you are and they're still supporting your team. Like, honestly, Jack, it's the kind of thing where it's not in my DNA. I can't do it. I am who I am. But I want to root for another team. Like, that's how I feel. I feel like this guy doesn't deserve me as a fan. He doesn't deserve us as fans. That's honestly how I feel about John Middleton and the Philadelphia Phillies right now. Well, I think that. Well, I know you just said that, but I, I do, I do, I do genuinely believe, like, we're like, we're not going anywhere. Like, this is, this is not something that we're just gonna go away. Like, well, of course, yeah, I'm not saying I'm no, going no, to. But I, I wish like, I could. I, I feel like I deserve a new team. That's what I'm trying to say. I can't believe we're at this point. Two years after the Harper signing, um, oh, it's horrendous. It's disastrous. It's such an embarrassment. Like this guy has submarined our team. Yeah, with a with a self imposed self imposed uh you know cap, which is which is insanity. Um, and yeah, I I don't really have anything else to add to it. You know, I I saw the news on Saturday, and you know, a lot of people were like, oh, like how mad are you or uh, all this stuff. And honestly, it's more just like I'm genuinely sad. Like I'm, I'm genuinely sad that we're at this point where, you know, Zach Wheeler was a <laughs> a godsend for this team. And I know, I know he came out and said, whatever. Um, but all, and ultimately that just tanked whatever was going on anyway. Like even if they want to shed salary, like you can't really shed salary or you can't really shed Wheeler's contract anymore. Well, anyway, well now, you, yeah. Well, yeah. Once I mean, the owner comes out and says, I wouldn't yeah. trade him for Babe Ruth. Well, right. unless you're getting Babe Ruth or unless you're getting, sorry, better than Babe Ruth back, you can't trade him. Yeah, I mean, every time he opens his mouth, that's always a, a mistake. It's like detrimental. Literally. It's detrimental yeah, just, to the team just, every time. If he, if he just went away and and stopped talking and just spent money, everything would be so much better. But again, like <laughs> yeah, this yeah, comes no, no, no crap. I know, I know. But th- th- this just comes back to again, like the Phillies are the are the only thing that I think is his only business venture. Like, I mean, he doesn't really have anything else. He sold a cigar company. I mean, this is. That's pretty much it, and and when they don't get the expected revenue that they thought they were gonna get, then I guess this is this is like again, we have to pay for this. I mean, we have to pay for them not getting the revenue that they were expecting to get. Like I'm, I'm not gonna call it they're losing money. It's the revenue that they weren't expecting. They're to not this year. exactly. And on top of that, Jack, as we pointed out many, many, many times during the whole labor strife stuff that was going on during the coronavirus pandemic, you know, the early part of it when, you know, we didn't know if we were going to have baseball or not and all that. Let's not forget that these are whatever numbers are claimed 
we can't verify because they won't prove it. In actuality, we have no bleeping idea what he lost, what he didn't lose. They might be making money. Like, legitimately, we have no idea. None. Because they will not open the books and show people. Like, flat out, it's what it is. So, yeah, I, I, I don't believe a single word that comes out of that guy's mouth when it comes to financial problems in the Philadelphia Phillies. Not one word. And ultimately, it comes down, and the thing that I keep coming back to, and I think the thing that, that bothers me the most is that um, they, they care more about the bottom line than they do winning. And I just think that's ridiculous given what we've had to go through the, for the last nine years. Well, and, and also, also, Jack, ridiculous considering what this guy said. Like, you don't go in and sit with Angelo and spend an hour talking about you want to be Simon of the South and you want to bring the bleeping trophy back and you're going to do whatever the hell it takes to bring that trophy back to Philadelphia and then be this guy? Like, look, if you don't ever come out and make those bold proclamations and don't say what a you know big you-know-what you're going to be and, and how badass you are and all that and how you're, you're going to bring winning back to Philadelphia, if you don't go out and say that, then guess what? There's no expectation to be held to. Like, we'll still be mad, we'll still be disappointed, but we won't have your, your words to throw in your face. Right now, this guy's words can and should be thrown in his face because he's the one who made those proclamations and now he's the one who's literally going against exactly what he said and it's his choice, Jack. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. All right, let's move on to Middleton. We have nothing else to say. Let's yeah, ta- I mean, let's like, talk like, about some other sad stuff that happened. Oh, no. like, is there more? Is there yeah, more oh, sadness? Well, oh, well, I don't know. Like, Jack, let's yeah. be real. You and I see each other every day at work. Um, there are very, very rare moments uh, in those moments when we are together or when we're talking or whatever, when we actually feel hope and joy and excitement about the Phillies. There was like a hour and a half stretch maybe or so where we thought Thad Levine was a real chance and we were like oh man let's go all right it's not Chernoff it's not Theo it's not Neander but you know what if we come out of this abyss this darkness this horror show this haunted house that we just went through with Thad Levine okay I'm cool and then that was it it was a beautiful few hours. The tw- the the twelve hours of the Thad Levine uh, is going to be the Phillies president was like the 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 single most hope I've had since like twenty nineteen opening day. I want to say um, I had never I didn't felt I didn't I hadn't really felt that level of emotion towards the Phillies in a while, and it's because Thad Levine is like would have been perfect for this franchise I, again. Like I actually. I think I like him more than than Theo. Um, but obviously, if they weren't going to get Neander, they weren't going to get Chernoff. Like, Levine was the perfect guy that made sense. He was a GM in Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota has taken a really good step forward when it comes to um, slug and power pitching and all that fun stuff. Like, they're, they're turning into a modern franchise. And he was a classic. He, he is classic GM into president. Like, a GM for a good amount of time builds something up and then goes and, and takes a president's job. And honestly, it, it it's kind of damning that he didn't take the job. I mean, I, I know Andy McPhail is thrilled because he can say that he didn't want to uproot during a pandemic. Um, <laughs> but, but really like Levine should be here. Um, and I know he turned on the Mets, which is saying something. I mean, the Mets are a more desirable job than the Phillies at this point. 
Um, but Levine should be here. He, he really should be here because he's the guy that you, you say, all right, whatever it takes, come in and, and run my franchise. Because ultimately, like, and this is what I think Middleton has to learn and understand, is that you hire a guy like Thad Levine, you hire a guy like Epstein, Neander, all this stuff, and then you just get out of the way. Just get out of the way. Owners that try to do too much don't win, and they don't win big. You know, they'll, they'll might have they'll sprinkle in success here and there, unless they're spending a, a, a crap ton of money. Like they just don't win. They don't win. Meddling owners don't win. And I don't know why he's so obsessed with being a, med- a, a meddling owner. Um, I don't know why he's so obsessed with having his fingerprints all over this franchise. Just go spend the money on Thad Levine, and everything's fine. You know, um, so it was a really hopeful little bit there. And I was like, oh, are they actually going to get this right after the the dread of the whole rest of the offseason? Turns out they didn't, which is unfortunate. But it was just it was just nice to feel something for a little bit there. Yeah, it was nice to remember what that hope was. Thad Levine from here as well. Um, but look, I mean, let's be real, Jag. Uh, it did, did it take you long to figure out why Thad Levine turned the job down or took himself out of it? I mean, I think it was pretty clear to me. He had a meeting with John Middleton and he was like, all right, screw that. <laughs> I, I ain't working for this guy. I don't want to work for this guy. I mean, what else could it be? Him and McPhail. I mean, Thad Levine was in the running, in the job, presumably spoke to John Middleton or Amy McPhail and then was like, all right, I'm out. I don't want it anymore. So whatever they said to him one way or another, however they conveyed themselves or whatever they implied the job to be or whatever, I mean, certainly made Dad Levine not interested anymore. He was interested one minute. He's not interested the next. What happened in that Yeah, minute, well, maybe. Other than know, talking to John Middleton. Well, or maybe they, you know, um, he we're, we're willing said, to. Here, here's what I can offer you. <laughs> Peace, click. Okay, thanks. Yeah, that's possible, too. And uh, and like, hey, uh, we got a shed salary. I don't know if that, that's part of the, the fun job requirements, but when you get here, we're going to shed some salary. Okay, so uh, we're going to want you to trade Zach Wheeler, trade Bryce yeah. Harper, um, trade Aaron Nola. When you do all this stuff, pretend that you did it without the owner's approval. And the owner can say, oh, he would never would have done it, but I guess it's done. And then he'll look back later and say it was all your fault, not his fault. That sounds good. Let's go with that. I like that. It's a good... <sighs> All right, and so, then we're gonna pretend, and then we're gonna pretend that a manager is gonna add ten wins to my baseball team. <laughs> all right, Cause so that's because that's how this all works. So Burns, Hill, those guys look like I guess the two you know potential front runners. If we can even say there's a front runner, I mean Ken Rosenthal wrote a scathing piece about the Phils today uh, and said you know he's not even sure that they're actually going to hire someone still. Like we're back to that whole narrative. Um, Rosenthal, there was a, a hammer line there. See, he called it puzzling, this whole puzzling episode. Um, you know, just kind of as every national writer is plugged in, it seemed to do is just crush this whole Philly search, this whole Philly situation. Um, Burns Hill, where are you at? Do you think that's real? Do you think those are the most likely guys? And, and where do you stand? So I've done, of course, because I have to get excited about something, uh, a lot of research on <laughs> uh, where we're at. And I, so so let me just get this out there now um, because I'm excited to talk about these guys. I'm excited. Like, I know I know the team has been tearing us down and they don't really make us feel any <laughs> hope or anything anymore. Um, but get just 
let me just have my little bit of of hope here with my presidential or my president um potential hirings like let me just talk myself into to josh burns or michael hill because it, it's nice to it's nice to feel a little bit of hope um so i i would i would genuinely be fine with either i honestly and i know like this isn't what we do, James. I mean, in our everyday life, it's important to have a take on anything. Um, like I would just be fine with either, and I don't have a take on who I want over the other. Every day, it feels like I go back and forth. Um, I think you know, I'd slightly prefer Hill, but I'm with you. Neither is super compelling. Uh, you know, Burns just you know, like he's been a GM twice already. It just feels like all right. Like what? Are, what are we getting new this time? Like how? You know, I don't know. You know, at least yeah, Hill, but, there, there so, feels like there's a, some upside there. there Either way, I, I this whole surge has really so we were so excited of of all the the horrible things that this Phillies franchise has done to us. I think ruining our excitement about the GM surge might be the worst. Yeah, and like they, they didn't even they barely even let us enjoy the Klintak reassignment. They didn't, they didn't even fire him. Like they they moved him now. He's still there. Like they put Ned Rice in charge. Like it's. They didn't even do that. Again, like we joked about it, but in all reality, Steve Cohen came in and axed like the entire front office in like an hour. And and Middleton couldn't even fire Clemtac. It's so embarrassing. So back to Josh Burns and and, <laughs> and and Michael Hill. So so I think the the thing for me with Burns that might have me leaning in his direction is that like Andrew Freeman, when fa- and and within the Dodgers organization, um, Burns is did have a higher position than Farhan when he was there, and I don't think that Burns is as good as Farhan. I think Farhan's great. Um, that, that, that's not totally my point, but when Farhan moved on to the Giants and became their president, and by the way, I mean talk about being a couple of years too late, like being able to steal Farhan from the Dodgers. I right? know. Such a steal. Anyway, um, when 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 Farhan moved on, a lot of people in the Dodgers media thought that Burns would jump up or whatever, then and take whatever Farhan was doing. Um, and you know, I guess Friedman talked, and he, I mean, he decided that he wanted to keep him close to scouting and player development. Like he he valued what he did in that role so much that. He didn't want to move him from that role. And and if you know anything about the Dodgers, I mean, the Dodgers they are a player development and scouting machine. I mean, th- like that's what they do. They they consistently have a top five minor league system um, on top of a loaded major league roster, and they always churn out talent, and it seems like they get the most out of their talent. So that, that would make me excited about Burns. Um, just like – seeing how the Dodgers operated and seeing how Friedman operated. I and mean, he's been there for six years now, seven years now. Um, so you'd think he, he, he would learn a thing or two. And he's not, he's not a, he's a, he's a sharp guy. This isn't like, this isn't like Jim Hendry working under Brian Cashman. No, no. And I right. certainly didn't mean to imply that. No, no, no. But like, like it's not like Jim Hendry, like Jim Hendry is a, is a moron working under Brian Cashman and like definitely just getting his coffee. Whereas Josh Burns is legitimately running their player development and scouting. And, um, you know, the, the Diamondbacks thing like kind of fell apart because he hired AJ Hinch to be his manager. Um, and 
AJ Hinch was a player development guy, so he'd never managed before. And then they fired him a year later um, because he would not fire AJ Hinch. So like that kind of was cut short a little bit, even though he drafted like Scherzer and, and Goldschmidt there. Um, and then the, the Padres, it was like he was hired for a year, and then they brought in new ownership and they cut off all of his funds. Like he wasn't able to spend on any free agents. So <laughs> not to say that might not happen here, but Jack, uh, this is a good research by you. This oh, dude. A- it's a I strong spent, case for Eric Burns or Josh Burns. Josh Burns. I remember Eric Burns. He said Diamondbacks, and it got me thinking I know, of Eric Burns. I, know. Uh, I spent I spent a long I spent, I spent like a whole night on Josh Burns. It's a strong case. You're making a really legitimately compelling case for Josh so, Burns. Like you're getting me more excited about that idea than I was before. Okay, good. This is what this is. Listen, we gotta give some hope <laughs> to people, James. <laughs> Bring like, the everyone, positivity back, buddy. Everyone listening to the last twenty three minutes is like, wow, this is depressing. Why am I even yes. listening? Stay for the Josh Burns talk. Anyway. Um, he, so, so with the Padres, he was there for a year and they literally capped, like he, the biggest bunny he spent on a free agent, I think was like 20 million for Carlos Quinn. Um, so wasn't able to do anything there. Um, wasn't able to really spend any money. They drafted some talent, but nothing that's going to make you like, nothing's going to knock your socks off. And what the Padres have done recently is just insane. Yeah, um, AJ Preller has really done a nice job. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, like ultimately, I think if they hired Josh Burns, he would be a really good player development scouting guy. Oh, and then, and then his first draft with the Dodgers, I mean, he goes Walker Bueller first round, um, Cody Bellinger Second round, third round. Is that good? No, second. Yeah, because second round because nappy. Was there, yeah. yeah, nappy. Uh, and then is and then that good? Tw- is that a good first two picks? Right, right, right. And then 2016, he drafted Lux and Dustin May. Okay, um, Jack, I, I'm. This is good. Yeah. So I, 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 I don't want to like oversell him that he'd be this like unbelievable hire, but I do think it. Because believe me, my first instinct when it was like Josh Burns seems like he's gonna be the guy, like he's gonna get a second interview. My first instinct was like, oh, he failed with the Diamondbacks and failed with the Padres, and that was kind of just like getting coffee for for Andrew Friedman. And then I started th- digging a little bit deeper into it, and was like, no, I mean, he was. I mean, the Dodgers are a player development machine, and he was kind of overseeing the whole operation there. Smart guy. Um, worked under Theo in Boston. Theo praised his scouting and all of that stuff. Loves to have his hand on hands on things. Um, I guess like I read something that he just is so super detail oriented when it comes to scouting guys, which I love. And I, I I genuinely believe that if he was the president, I think he'd do really well when it comes to drafts and 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 being able to kind of cultivate a staff seems like a great guy from everything i've heard um he would need i think he would need a gm that is forward thinking data driven that would help them a lot with like free agents bargains and trades i think i think trades not great for me um but when it comes to overseeing overseeing organization getting talent in there um and just kind of doing the right things you know again my main point with with Burns is that Andrew Friedman valued what he did so much with player development and scouting that he did not want to move him from that role, and I think that's important. So that's my main my main sticking point with Josh Burns. Yeah, look, dude, that is uh, compelling stuff. Seriously, that is uh, again, you got me more excited for Josh Burns than I had been to date. So. Um, you know, look, I think it's that this whole search has made it so hard to get excited about anything because it's like 
as we said many times, it's like just go get the best guy and give him what it takes, and that's clearly not what they're going to do. So it makes maybe guys who are not the best guys seem even less exciting. Um, but I, that's really all compelling stuff with Josh Burns. So some positivity there. All right, I got a couple more things, and then we'll see what's in your your take bag. Uh, quickly, um, I shouldn't have taken us 32 minutes, 33 minutes to get to this, but um, rest in peace, Dick Allen. Uh, really yes, yes, super yes. sad. Um, a Should be in the Hall of Fame. I think someday will be in the Hall of Fame. Um, an all-time great Philly. I know for me at least, like growing up, no joke, the single baseball player my dad talked about the most was Dick Allen. It wasn't Mike Schmidt. It wasn't Steve Carlton. It wasn't any of the other great Phillies that he saw in his lifetime. Dick Allen was the guy. Like he's like I never saw anyone like him. Like he was obsessed with Dick Allen. So um, I think Dick Allen probably one of the most underrated players of all time, and certainly the most underrated Philly. I would say. Yeah, I mean, people. It's crazy. There was there were so many people today that had said either my dad's favorite player was Dick Allen or I love Dick Allen. Like even even Skip Bayless was like, Dick Allen was my guy. Um, and I, I wish, obviously I wish I could have seen him play. Um, and just, a, just a, I think he's the, the, the shame of this whole thing is, is because Sunday was, if this was a normal year and there wasn't a pandemic going on, he was probably getting, uh, uh inducted into the hall of fame on Sunday, literally yesterday. Like it would, it would have been the day for him to finally get into the hall of fame. And it's just such BS that it's not going to happen. Like it's not going to happen this year, and for him not to be able to see himself finally getting into the Hall of Fame, which is something that he should have been in long before, is just it's just so sad. Um, and I, I do I do feel you know pretty good that the Phillies were able to retire his number last summer, and they were able to kind of um, honor him in that way, even though he was not a Hall of Famer just yet, but. Um, before he passed on, they were able to give him that kind of ceremony and that's what he deserved. And, um, just, uh, I mean, just the stories you hear, like no one hit a ball harder, uh, than Dick Allen. So, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a tough one to see, especially when you factor in that he probably in a normal year would have been elected into the hall of fame over the weekend. And, um, to, to, it's just, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a total shame. Yeah. 2020 just enough already, man. Enough. Enough. It's crazy. I mean, just forgetting all the, you know, so many people who we've lost this year and certainly so many famous people. But like if we just segment it to Major League Baseball legends we've lost in 2020. I mean, we've talked about this on the pod before, but between Seaver and Gibson and Whitey Ford and like it's just been over and over again. It's been a really tough year for for baseball legends and Dick Allen, certainly amongst that group. All right, um, Jack, last thing for me before we get to your take bag, I'm assuming uh, you thought I might have forgot. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I really did think you forgot. <laughs> I did. I did. What happened, I was like, buddy? What is happened? he gonna is he gonna bring it up or is he not gonna bring it up? <laughs> I mean, I think I have we never lie to the IOPS listeners and I, I felt I had an obligation to, you know, bring it up. What happened? <sighs> so this is this is this is tough too. <laughs> This is tough to get through. This is tough to get through. Um, so uh, on the Marks and Reese show, which I'm sure everyone on this podcast uh, listens to every day, hanging on every word, just waiting for me to chime in with some dynamite <laughs> Phillies, <laughs> Phillies content. Um, yeah. So if you listen to Marks and Reese, which is, I mean, why wouldn't you? Um, 
and you definitely prefer me producing a show over James. Um, <laughs> you are uh, you you listen on Wednesdays at five twenty five. We play a fun little game called Stump the Millennial. It is a good game. It's a good there, game. There is nothing that uh, you know makes older old people happy quite like dumping on millennials. <laughs> so so we we. we leaned into the bit of millennials don't know anything about anything and they're completely worthless to society, all that fun stuff. And, um, I was asked a question as, uh, I like to think I'm a, a baseball guy. You know, I like to think I know the game. Mm-hmm. I was asked the question by John Marks, you know, how many games in a row did, did, <laughs> did Joe DiMaggio get a hit? Um, and, Oh, buddy. And I totally blanked. And by the way, I think it's a total cruel joke by you to make me have to explain this whole thing. <laughs> like it's just like you could, like you could easily set this up as like like having like making me explain this makes it ten times worse. So, um, yeah. So I I completely blanked on how long Joe DiMaggio's hit streak was. I don't know why I blanked. I was having memory issues. All of a sudden, I started forgetting things the last couple of weeks. So I started to freak out about it. And not really freak out about it. I'm big. No, but you, but you did text me and be like, I'm kind of worried. Yeah, <laughs> dude, because I've never forgot. I, I remember almost, I, I remember, well, so especially when it comes to sports, I don't remember like dumb things like, you know, world history, but, um, when dumb it comes to like, like sports, world history, yes. <laughs> when it comes <laughs> to sports, like this is what I'm, this is what I'm here for. You know, I'm here to remember baseball stuff and especially the DiMaggio's hitting streak. Like, well, it's probably number one. Like, yeah, I know. I know. I'm well aware it's number one. And (laughs) I just blanked, man. Like I have no other way to explain it. Besides I just blanked, I guess 62. I don't know why I guess 62. He asked the question and I froze. I absolutely froze. I knew Joe DiMaggio hit safely in 56 games. Like I, I knew that in my in my soul. I knew that Joe DiMaggio did that, and for me to choke like that, as a guy that is two and zero in the high school playoffs and largely revered as one of the <laughs> one of the clutch p- pitchers of his generation, to come up small in that scenario, I don't know if I'll ever forget it. I, I, I may never live it down. And there's people listening that I think value my baseball opinion and the fact that I have to explain it again to a whole host of <laughs> whole whole host of people that uh, you know I like to think respect my baseball opinion. It's not great. No. And um, I have nothing else to say except that I I am sorry. And um, I just I just totally blanked. You know, it's like it's like when you're asked two plus two and you say five. You know, when it's equal, like sometimes, sometimes the brain just has a lapse and then I'm getting roasted by Joe to camera, which is like the worst because <laughs> like the camera is such a nerd. And like, I would stuff him in a locker if I was in high school. And it's just like, you know, I, I, it was a tough day. It was a really tough day. It was the end of the show. And I, t- I just totally blanked. Here's what I'll say. You owned it, man. You owned it. Uh, credit. I, I I am guessing the high hopes listeners agree. You owned it. You screwed up. It happens. We've all had our moments, our mistakes. That doesn't mean we can't bring it up from time to time and make it a little funnier. Cause you know, it was pretty bad, but you owned it. Uh, so I appreciate that, Jack. I thought I you mean, handled, I, mean, I thought I you mean, had a little like an adult there. That was a good one I for mean, you. 
I mean, Spike's threatening me to take me off this podcast. <laughs> I know, I heard. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. And like, well, you handled that- it so well, we can abandon the quiz of all-time favorite baseball numbers I put together to have fun with you. Yeah. Yeah, well, good. Right. well, I don't think I want to take the risk. I know you don't. I, don't I know we're risk. gonna abandon it. You, 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 you handled yourself so well. I don't, I don't want to add any more fuel to the fire. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows I'm very composed, <laughs> <laughs> always level-headed. So, um, yeah. I really, you know, I, I, look, it happens. It happens. Yeah, it really, it really does happen, especially when. You know, there's pressure. There's like a, at least You're 100,000 on, on the radio. So is that funny that you bring that up? Like, I I don't know about you. I never think about anyone being out there listening when I'm doing a radio yeah, show. Yeah, me either. Like, I, only, I only think about John and Ike. Yeah, I only think about being in the room. That's exactly right. And it's funny because our job is to actually answer phones of people who are literally out there listening. And it still just doesn't get in for me. I just don't, you know, which is probably good. But it's funny. Yes, so Joe DiMaggio, 56 straight games. I will never forget it for as long as I live that that is the number, 56. I, wa- I wanted to crush you more, but again, I, I think you really handled it like uh, you know you, you took it on the chin, Jack. Yeah, Props. well, I had to. Props. I mean, Props. Was, listen, we never, we never lie to the High Hopes listeners. I fudged up, all right? <laughs> I really did. <laughs> Didn't, like, for some for as embarrassed as I'm sure everyone is out there for me. You're you're way more embarrassed. I'm yeah. way more embarrassed. It's not even close. Not even you close. were like, so I got a text from a buddy. I wasn't listening at the moment, but I got a text from a buddy who said, yo, Jack didn't know DiMaggio's streak. And I'm like, no way. And then I texted you and you were like, man, I blanked and I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry, buddy. I get yeah, it. And like Ike was trying to play it off that I was lying. I was like, dude, I'm not lying. Like, <laughs> I literally just forgot. I totally forgot. I got Julio putting out Twitter things. It's uh, awful. Brutal. Brutal. Just an awful day. Um, <laughs> well, I'm sorry I made you relive it. I mean, now that, I mean, just, now that just you've to, been so humbled by it. Just the, just the fact. I mean, like, literally, like, that's the most embarrassing baseball thing to happen in this city in the last two weeks. Not, nothing, <laughs> nothing the Phillies have done since, since then could top that. You sure about that? No, I, I, I mean, John Middleton was probably like listening and he was probably like, wow, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> John Middleton would, was like, oh, hold my beer. I got yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll help you out to save you from this national embarrassment that you have become. as a <laughs> Oh, man. Well, you're not as bad as John. I'll say that. Let's uh, let's move away from it. What do you got in the take back? Well, I feel like since I did such a uh, 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 good sell job of Josh Burns, I feel like I have to do the same for Michael Hill real quick. Yeah. Lay it on me. Yeah, so, like, Michael Hill, very well-respected throughout the game. I mean, just he talked to anyone. It's like Michael Hill's a great guy. He, he definitely knows how to have organizational structure. Um, even though Jeter was there and whatnot, like, Michael Hill is a guy that I wouldn't be – he would come in day one and know how to be a president of a baseball team. Like, he just would. Um, and when you look at the, the just the plethora of talent that guy's acquired, I mean, think about all the talent the freaking – Marlins have had that they haven't been able to keep because their owner was so was so cheap and they were always getting rid of guys and for as much as we rag on John Middleton like if they had the talent the Marlins have had in the last like 10 years I mean we would be doing jumping jacks I mean talk about the talent they traded away they traded away Luis oh Castillo. my I mean so many so I mean, many I mean Yelich Stanton 
Jose Fernandez obviously didn't trade away, but passed away. I mean, just like guy after guy after guy. I mean, or, I mean, you know, Osuna, guy after guy. JT. JT, absolutely JT, yeah. For Chris sure. Paddock, Luis Castillo. Look, yeah, Chris Paddock's a great one. Just one after another. I mean, just just way both. more, way more than the Phillies have developed. We could say oh, that for sure. It's not even, it's not even the same stratosphere. Um, and it's it's like, it's hard to tell how much is is the president. Obviously, when it comes to drafting, but he does have to have the right guys in place when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I do think the Phillies have the right guys in place when it comes to to drafting and, and player development. I think it could only get uh, bigger as they continue to grow here. So, um. Yeah, my main selling point with 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 Michael Hill would be didn't get to spend any money in in Miami. Like, who is that? Well, <laughs> I, I outside of the one off season when they signed Jose Reyes, Heath Bell, uh, Mark Burley. Remember that off season? Of course. Like, outside of, outside of that, the Marlins didn't spend any money. They were forced to get rid of a lot of talent, um, and really last like couple of years. And this is my one concern is is. Jeter brought in a guy like a guy by the name of Gary Denbo, who has definitely had his hands all over bringing in players and drafting players and whatnot. But I mean, we've we've seen the Marlins, you know, a lot, and it just feels like they always have pretty good players. Like they always have good prospects, and if they were able to spend money around those prospects and the players they brought in, I mean, you might legitimately have something there. So um, the main selling point for Hill is that. Great guy. A lot of people around the sport respect him. Brought in a lot of talent since he's been there. Um, hasn't been able to keep that talent because of the owner. Um, hasn't been able to sign any free agents because of the owner. But should know how to run a baseball ops, um, operation. The one thing that, that does worry me about him is that uh, a lot of losing. I mean, just a, like a lot of losing. And again, when you, when you factor in everything that the Marlins are – you understand why. I mean, not be able to spend any money. You know, Burns comes from the Dodgers, just won the World Series. He's Freeman's right-hand man. The failed GM experience in the past have probably soured his name a little bit. But Michael Hill, I mean, this is their first playoff experience, uh, playoff um, uh, appearance since, what, 03? Yeah, since 03, correct. Yeah, and it was like a 60-game season. So, um, yeah, I mean, that that that's a little bit worrisome. But I, you have to factor in the, the other stuff with Michael Hill and um yeah if 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 they can draft half as well as the Marlins have since 2010 uh we will take that all right look at you uh i i you have given me slightly more hope than i have before jack i'm feeling a little bit better all right well you know that's that's what we're here for <laughs> so we're here we're 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 high-ish hopes, yes, slightly yes. high hopes. Yes, uh, on the way to being high hopes. Still sad, still sad, but trending up. Um, and well, and ultimately, like both of those guys are not Jim Hendry, Ned Coletti, uh, Brian Sabian. You know. Dinosaurs. Yes, yes. The point is, there could have been a disaster hire, and if it's and look, we don't know if they're going to hire anyone or what's going to happen. But if it is one of these two guys, it's not a disaster. And ultimately, I th- and ultimately, I think that. Um, with those guys, you know, I do think that there's a path to getting a good assistant GM in here. Like, not an assistant GM, a GM, but an assistant GM from another team that is viewed as, like, if you're going to hire one of those guys who have a pretty good scouting and development background, but aren't exactly strong in the in the analytics side um, and data stuff, like, I want to I want to focus in on 
one of those kind of guys for the GM role. And really like Jeff Kingston's a name that's been floated around. Um, he may, he would make a lot of sense for that kind of role and really just help those guys with, with trades and free agent stuff. So, um, there will be a really good opportunity to, you know, bring in a, a young rising ish star, um, from another team. Cause ultimately, I mean, dude, like guys aren't leaving teams anymore. You know, they're, they're really like, these teams are valuing their front office members more than ever before. So it's really hard to poach guys from other teams. So if you can get an assistant GM from elsewhere, from one of the smart organizations, like a guy like Matt Foreman would be awesome from the Indians, um, bring him in and let him be the GM and, and, and that kind of stuff. I mean, that would just, that's what, that's what they need to do. So that would be exciting. Um, all right. Take, take bag. Let's see what I have in here. Um, did you see Bryce's Instagram about Bryson Stott? I did. My man was lifting, huh? I know. And it's just like, he's not ready. Like I wouldn't feel totally comfortable if he was my opening day shortstop next year. I mean, he played in, um, in Williamsport the year before. And then he was in the alternate camp over the summer and he was reportedly doing really well in the alternate camp, but it's still a pretty big leap to go from, you know, rookie ball to, uh, the major leagues. And uh, we also know that the quality of Phillies pitchers he's probably facing down in the alternate camp. But, you know, just the fact that, that Bryce is pretty excited about him uh, makes me excited. And I think, again, like I think Stott's going to be a good player. I don't I don't think he's going to be some, you know, unbelievable player. I think he's going to be a, a very good Major League Baseball player. You know, 270, 15 to 20 homers. Like that's pretty much what I think from Stott with like, solid shortstop play um but ultimately i mean he's 24 he was drafted two years ago like this is kind of the path that they expected when they drafted him so you know it, i wouldn't be i wouldn't be like terribly shocked if he was a shortstop and especially if they're gonna freaking just tear down like they might i mean just because they came out and shot down the wheeler stuff doesn't mean they're not gonna sell off pieces this offseason you might as well just put stop there but yeah look if it makes bryce happy go for it i feel feel so bad for for how hoodwinked bryce harper got by our organization our owner feel so horrible like whatever you got to do to make him happy just do it would you trade would would john melton trade zach wheeler for mike trout (laughs) would he or is he or zach wheeler that valued in the phillies organization i mean is mike trout babe ruth i don't know probably Uh, not some say some say yeah also there's no proof that he ever pointed to the outfield stands so um like listen there's no there's no more bs story than than babe ruth called a shot right like you don't believe that do you i do not believe it but but i love it and I do which do you, like the which idea do you think which do you think is more realistic of happening? Will actually scoring 100 points or or Babe Ruth calling a shot? Well, probably all the neither happened. Um, <laughs> just dropping the fire digs at the end of the pot. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I know you were around for Will's 100 points, but <laughs> oh, <wow>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you remembered it was 100 points and didn't oh. say it was like. 62 or something yeah i thought it was actually 56 (laughs) 56 points which actually probably was only 56 points because that's the only thing that makes sense um how excited are you the 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 dh is back i I thought it wasn't didn't they say yeah i was gonna i was the one who was gonna say to you how excited are you you got your 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 sport back oh finally it's good to have baseball back it's so 
As we I, discussed, how many times during 2020 did you say, man, I really wish the pitcher were hitting? And what did I say? <laughs> no comment. I said I played the fifth. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. But also, also, how like whether or not, like, listen, I, I'm anti-DH, all that fun stuff. But it is just unbelievable that that baseball is like waits until yeah. now and it, i know i know it's so crazy it's like aren't these teams supposed to be building their rosters right now like what are we doing like 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 the phillies could be going after david Dahl for left field uh but i don't know like mccutcheon might have to be out there because they're paying him or whatnot um it's just it is so freaking baseball that they can't figure out if they're gonna have a dh or not and teams are Literally at like at the virtual winter meetings, not knowing if there's going to be a DH. It's embarrassing. It's unbelievable. Like speaking it's, it's, speaking of entering into Rob the Manfred. Meetings, I mean, if the the only person who's maybe worse at his job than John Middleton is as owner of the Phillies is Rob Manfred. Yes. Um. Speaking of uh, entering the winter meetings without the without a plan. Uh, I would just like to point out <laughs> that the Phillies entered into the winter meetings without a GM or a president, and they're operating with interim GM Ned Rice with his best friend Matt Glenzak. Like, like they entered into the winter meetings without a freaking GM and president. How asinine is that? What baseball team thinks that is normal process is not my baseball team. Nope. <laughs> I got nothing to say. It's just like, I mean, sir, like they, uh, we. It's fifty-three minutes in, and the fact that we haven't and like talked about them uh, having a I president. I, well, again, we we mentioned the top, but the idea that like Charlie Morton's getting signed for one year, fifteen million. Like, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? To a division rival, or we shouldn't even say division rivals because the Phillies are a joke and the Braves are a good team. So, to a division mate, let's say we don't have like the Braves are not our rival. They're rivals with good teams. We're a bad team. But, I mean, like, just, like, it's an embarrassment. Like, Robbie Ray, one year, $8 million. Like, there are all these deals that the Phillies could have been a part of, could be involved in. But, oh, wait, there's no one running the freaking franchise from a baseball operations perspective. Awesome. Good good job. Terrific. Everything's fine. Um, um, speaking of division and rivalry, rivals that are not going to be rivals for much longer – Looks like the Mets are are bowing out of the JT sweepstakes. I mean, it seems like they're pretty far advanced at James McCann. Um, I still believe that JT is going to be a Philly, and it's just it's. I find the Mets situation to be weird. Why can't they get anyone to take that job? I mean, Chris Young left. Is it because Sandy Alderson's like pulling yeah. the and yeah Andy Mc- I, that that's been my interpretation of it. It's just, it's just, it's just shocking to me. Like I thought, I was honestly terrified they were gonna walk out of this offseason with like Neander or or Turnoff or, um, you know, just any of the big name front office execs and like Chris Young's turning you down. I mean, seriously, Chris Young's never been a GM in his life. I mean, now he's gonna be the GM well, until the now. Yeah, I know, but it's like still the Mets can't even get Chris Young. People love Chris. Young. I didn't realize how how I, I people, had no idea. I, I had no idea. Like the I thought he was when a, he got that job. Like the the quotes about him were like like he walks on water and he saved uh, uh, millions of lives by by his baseball knowledge. It was unbelievable. I mean, I wasn't a fan of him as a pitching coach, but we'll see how he does as a GM. No, Jack, come on, uh, don't mislead people. Come on, it was right there. <laughs> it is a it is a pretty big jump from pitching coach to GM. It is, it is. It is. 
we we kind of talked about this for a second earlier, but um, I I just want to give you an opportunity to uh, be you know let the people know how excited you are that Vince Velasquez is back for <laughs> one more year. What do you? I thought we were trying to like turn some positives, Jack here, and like spin it to the positive. No, we're not doing that at all. Um, yeah. How excited are you that Vince is back for, for not one, not for one more year? Come just on, not year. excited. Breakout year. Caleb Gotham, my guy. I'm gonna get the most out of him. Um, I want to know which podcast makes you more sad to record: this podcast or Go Birds? Oh God! <laughs> Imagine having to do an Eagles and a Phillies podcast. I mean, <sighs> uh, worst decisions have been made. It's it's not fun, Jack. I don't get to have a lot of fun these days. So, so that sounds like a non-answer. <laughs> um, uh, you want my honest? If your question is which team am I more upset with right now, it's the Phillies, and it's not that close. What really? Yeah, yeah. yeah I can't tell. I can't tell who's more screwed: the the Eagles or the Phillies. I well, actually, look, regardless, I like the like the the Eagles won a Super Bowl in the last years, and it doesn't save jobs or anything. Like, like you know, I want Harry Roseman gone and all that type of stuff, but like. Like, they've still been way more relevant and way more fun. Again, we're talking about a decade. Where it's about to be a decade without making the playoffs. Like, I'm way more upset about the Phillies than I am about the Phillies. Because both teams look screwed for right now moving forward anyway. But at least the Eagles have had success recently. Like, the Phillies have given us nothing. Well, as I've stated many times, that was your Super Bowl, not mine. Um, <laughs> That's fine, man. I'll take it and be happy about it. I know, I know. You've waited since 1960. Your freshman year of high school. Um, Are we done yet? No, I have I have one last thing, and it and it's Eagles related, but it's a stunning admission for my part, and I feel it's like a lot it's, of Eagles talk. It's like the most I know, Eagles talk I in know, history. I know, but I feel like I have to get it out there because you know we we don't lie to the high ups listeners, and we always tell them that you know we live and die the Phillies, and the Phillies are top of mind at all times. And apparently, last night when I was when I was sleeping. Um, I woke Jill up with a conversation that I was having with myself in which I was asking, is it more Doug or is it more Carson? <laughs> no. I know. I know. I was having a full-fledged argument with oh, myself. Oh, no, Jack. That, that woke up Jill and... Oh, no. Um, so you're, you're... What's going on, buddy? That should be a, a Josh Burns or Michael Hill uh, asleep conversation. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know how to take this. this is, I know. I know, I know, and I think it's because we, it had been so long since we recorded this podcast that I hadn't like fully <laughs> d- dove in on the Phillies in a while. Um, that yeah, it was the the top of my mind last night was is it Carson or is it Doug that is causing the downfall of the Eagles? Um, tonight, I envision that I will wake up Jill with a Josh Burns or Michael Hill conversation because ultimately, I'm torn. But I just. That's that's how far down the Phillies are in terms of um, relevance in in my brain right now. Is that I'm might having... be the saddest thing that's been said yeah. all podcast. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. yeah, I mean, also sad for Jill. I feel for Jill that she has to keep yeah, getting woken Jill, up by these. Jill was like, Jill was. I think she was laying there, and I think she said to herself, like, seriously. Yeah, like, this like that's, that's you know, the correct not, response. Like he's not thinking anything deep. There's no deep thoughts. Like. He's just a moron that is sitting, that is sleeping that, lo- that loves sports way yeah, too much. That is yeah. just sitting there. It is some. This isn't even conscious. 
this is <laughs> the dead ass asleep and it's and it's thinking about is it Doug or is it Carson? I mean, how sad is that? It's really sad. Man. I mean, of all the sad things that I have revealed in this podcast, forgetting DiMaggio's hitting streak, uh, the fact that I'm still a Phillies fan, I think the, the the most sad is that at top of mind, in my subconscious, is whose fault is the Eagles? Wow, man. That is depressing. Again, I think it's the most depressing thing we've talked about, and we've talked a lot about John Middleton. So it's a high bar to clear. Yeah, I agree. I well, agree. I'm happy we've clearly uplisted, uplifted all uplisted? the. Uh, yes, uplisted, yes, we have uplisted. uplisted I'm, I'm tired, Jack. Uplifted. It's up, up, I'm old, man. I get old. it, but again, I don't know. You might be adding to the sadness of this podcast at 9:30. You're calling it quits. <laughs> You're calling it quits. Also, I well, hold on. How are we? How are we not going to get out of here with this? I mean, happy second birthday to Zoe Seltzer. Yes. Well said. I well feel like said. she's four. In my mind, Zoe's like at least four years old. She's not really two. Well, this is what you do with my age, too. You just consistently double it from where it hey, actually is. Hey. So that makes sense. Hey, the Seltzers, the Seltzers are always older <laughs> than they appear. We're old. We're, old. we're older than expected. That's our, that's our thing. Yeah, you really what are. A, what, what a great thing to have. Great trait. Good yes. genes. It's the Seltzer family. It's the Seltzer thing. way. How old are they? Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Shout out to Zoe who is two, two, not four, two. Zoe, uh, this is just me and you talking. Very sorry that your dad is entering, <laughs> entering you into some Phillies fandom. Well, yeah, that's tough, man. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, she's not gonna have a choice, but that's tough. Yeah. Well, yeah. at least they'll win one championship in the next 120 years. <laughs> oh, high hopes, buddy. Listen, hey, if you can't if you can't go through it together, then why go through it it's at all? It's a great point. It's a great point. You got that, that's the title of this podcast. <laughs> if you can't if you can't go through it together, why go through it at all? I love it. I love when we come up with a title at the very end. That's good. Yep, no problem. Hold on. I'm even going to. I'm even Write going to. Yeah, hold on. Hold on. Let's do this right now so we don't screw this up. And then when people hear this at the end, they'll have already seen the title and it'll be like, hilarious. Ah, sweet. Okay, nice. so if. Say it again for me. If we don't go through this together, why go through it at all? If we can't go through if this. If we can't, together. yeah. If we can't go through it. Yeah, if we can't go through this together, why go through it at all? Boom. Yes. Ah, love it. All right, we did it. That's going to be the title of the podcast. Now you can look at your thing and it'll say that. And you're like, oh, I get it. Big love it. big inside joke with me and the guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you got anything else? I absolutely do not. Until, <laughs> I got nothing. Until, until three weeks from now when we record our next title of the podcast. <laughs> Oh, man. We love everyone who listens to this podcast. You are the best. He's Fritz himself. We'll see you later.